It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Greetings, Hoops Heads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Monday, May 21st. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. Well, that was a doozy of a beatdown yesterday. I quite enjoyed watching that game, particularly the third quarter, but also three blocks of jump shots in that game, one by Kevon Looney, one by Andre Iguodala, and one by Steph. So that's three drinks, three shots. That's the drinking game. You take a shot every single time the Warriors block a jump shot. It's not going to get you drunk unless you're a tiny person. But those blocks exemplified what the Warriors brought yesterday, which was a ferocity on the defensive end that fueled their offense. And we'll get into all of that. You can grab this podcast on iTunes, iOS, Spotify, and Google Play, as well as LockedOnWarriors.com. You can find it on Facebook at LockedOnDubs, and you can find me on Twitter at LockedOnDubs and at Kojitare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E. You can find my written work at Forbes.com and see all of my credentials at LinkedIn, Aliko Carter, that's A-L-I-K-O exciting show today. We're going to talk about the Warriors in the first segment. I want to focus on Kevin Durant in the second segment. He's such a machine, and I want to take a look at his numbers over the years in the playoffs, particularly going back to that series back in 2016. The Warriors won after coming back from a 3-1 deficit, and see how Kevin Durant played in those games, because He's been doing this for years, for his entire career, and one of the top playoff scorers ever. And what he's doing right now for the Warriors is just simply incredible. He's a robot. Nobody can stop him. Nobody can guard him. Nobody. I was talking with Miles about this earlier today. Kevin Durant is so good around the basket, and he has every single move. He would give LeBron fits. You know, Kawhi Leonard, maybe. But we haven't. We don't have the evidence for that because Kawhi got injured in that uh, series last year and has never been the same. But if Kawhi can get back to 100%, maybe he's the only guy. But we'll save the rest of this conversation for the second segment. First segment, I want to go through what I saw in this game, and we'll start with Stephen Curry, who had a very poor start to this series shooting the ball, but returned in full force for 35 points, including... 18 in the third quarter in game three was 13 of 23 from the field five of 12 from three made all of his free throws six rebounds even had a block as I mentioned earlier blocked a jump shot and Curry's third quarter exemplified the Warriors basically entire game aside from one turnover he was literally perfect so that perfection led him to a plus 14 In 9 minutes and 40 seconds of the quarter, Steph no longer playing every minute 
of the first quarter since he came back from this injury. They're bringing Sean Livingston in with about two to three minutes to go in the first quarter, and then they bring Steph back probably about eight minutes to go, and then they bring him out and bring him back in again. It's a little bit more complicated than his normal 12 minutes in the first quarter, six minutes in the second quarter after a six-minute rest, but I'm sure it's designed not to tax him for long periods of time. I, you know, They're trying to be careful with him, and the playoff rotation has changed. Kevin Durant is the one who's playing all 12 minutes. Kevin Durant playing a lot of minutes. But playing all 12 minutes in the first and third quarters, he was great in that third quarter. Four of six, two of three from three with three assists. He's assisting with vision. But we'll get to that. Honestly, no one else really fueled this third quarter outside of Steph and Durant. Nobody else had more than two points in the quarter. Steph and Durant combined for 28 of the 34 points in that third quarter and that's what's possible when you have two mvps and two offensive dynamos who know how to play next to each other how to play well together they're not really playing hot potato with the ball because the ball is moving and steph and durant are moving they're not just staying in the same place dribbling the ball steph had 10 points in the paint in this third quarter that's breaking down defenses And in particular, by allowing the motion of his other teammates to dictate which direction he's going to go and where he's going to lead his defender. But let's switch gears to defense. The Warriors holding the Houston Rockets to 40% from the field, 32% from three. Not a great game from James Harden. 20 points on 16 shots. They kept trying to get Curry on an island, and you know if they want to continue to do that, that's fine with me. Curry, beaten just a few times off the dribble for the most part, moved his feet really well. His hands were active, and they're pulling themselves out of their offense to isolate Curry. That means top of the key is where the action is at, although you know I hesitate to even call it action. It's just dribble, dribble, dribble. And you've got four guys standing there doing nothing not being involved in the game, not able to get a flow themselves. They're playing right into the Warriors' hands, and they're not getting their guys involved. Gerald Green, 3 of 10. Eric Gordon, 4 of 13. 2 of 5 for P.J. Tucker. 2 of 6, Trevor Ariza. Ryan Anderson couldn't even get his one shot to go in. And Luke Bamute got blocked by Kavon Looney in the second quarter. Huge, huge block at the top of the rim. Definitely outside of anything Stephen Curry did, that was the play of the game. A lot has been made of the Rockets missing open layups. And I want to say that uh, while some of those layups may be open, uh, may have been open, uh, what it took to get to that open shot was a ton of Warriors defense and uh, potentially some fouling that may have been called fouls in the regular season but the refs you know swallowing their whistles a little bit here in the postseason 10 of 13 from the line for the Rockets 17 of 18 for the Warriors Uh, not a high output for either team definitely low for the Houston Rockets James Harden just four of five and did anybody else shoot more than two no nobody else shot more than two free throws And partly that was because they kept isolating Curry. That's not a recipe to beat this Warriors team. You're not making them work on defense. 
And so their offense can just go wild, especially if you turn the ball over 20 times, which the Houston Rockets did, fueling the Warriors to 28 points and 23 fast break points. Something's got to turn. And I haven't even gotten to Draymond Green. My goodness, 17 big rebounds, 10 points, 6 assists. Uh, And I love rebounding Draymond. Rebounding Draymond makes my life. Because he is literally six foot five and three quarters. And, you know, he's got a little round mound of rebound in him. He's in better shape than Chuck when he earned that nickname. But Charles Barkley's not a tall man. Well, he's a tall man. He's not, you know, for how many rebounds he averaged at six four, just making it work. And Draymond's that archetype 17 rebounds, including 15 defensive. And for the most part, ran Clint Capella off the floor. Capella only playing 21 and a half minutes, though he was 6 of 9 from the field. He could hardly hang defensively. Before we go to a break, I do want to mention great minutes for Jordan Bell. Love to see him out on the court in this series, especially as the first emergency choice for when Kavan gets into foul trouble. Kavan was once again a revelation. Simple as that. And Nick Young wasn't horrible. Playing next to some of these guys is definitely a boon to his numbers, but he stayed in front of the offense much better than he has in previous games. And it earned him 18 minutes, solid minutes. Even though he only had five points, he was a plus 20. And lastly, you gotta love Quinn Cook taking four shots, making all four in five minutes, scoring 11 points in five minutes. And that is where the Warriors' 40-point win came from. The garbage-time players kept it going, made it a 40-point blowout. Quick break, and we're going to come back and talk all about Kevin Durant. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy, golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Trend Micro. At CDW, we get that patch-together security can leave gaps in protection. I patch things together all the time, like this broken desk chair. Some duct tape, good as new. Orchestrated by CDW, Trend Micro Cloud One provides unified protection and better visibility across cloud services. It's all-in-one cloud security that can hold its own. Okay, want to buy some gently used office furniture? No thanks. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash trendmicro. We're back talking Kevin Durant, who is a robot. I've said in the past, the Warriors need two of their four main guys to play well, and they can beat the Rockets. They can really beat anyone. Last night, they had three with Steph going off, Draymond Green having a night, big double-double, and six assists, and Kevin Durant doing what Kevin Durant does, which is just getting 25.6 rebounds, six assists, like it was nothing. So far in these playoffs, he's averaging 29 points on 22 shots. He's only shooting 31.5% from three. Still managing to average 29 points and shooting 92% from the charity stripe. No idea where his three-point shooting went, but he's shooting 50% from the field with a true shooting percentage of 61. His usage rate is 
pretty high. It's higher than it was in last year's playoffs, and it's more in line with where he's been in Oklahoma City, closer to 32%. He's at 31.7 right now, was at 28 in his finals MVP season with the Warriors last year. So it seems the Warriors have fully embraced Kevin Durant as the number one option. Steph obviously is the most important player on the team. The system is built around him. But with that attention, you've got Kevin Durant, this weapon from every element of the court who is taking advantage of the spots that he's getting, taking advantage of the defenders. They're smaller than him. All of the defenders are smaller than him or slower than him or both. And with so much attention keyed on Curry and Klay Thompson, who didn't have a good game, just 13 points on 14 shots, Kevin Durant just had his way. 9 of 19, obviously Steph shot 13 of 23. But for the most part, since Steph's been back, Kevin Durant has been taking more shots, aka using up more possessions. But is Steph back? I mean, there was a moment when he, in the third quarter, made a driving layup he didn't fall over on this one. He was still standing. He looked into the crowd at the baseline, waved his hands and said, this is my fucking house. It was fantastic. Perhaps even a moment of catharsis for Threesis. So it's very possible we might get back to the higher usage for Steph with Kevin Durant picking up around Steph's gravity and sniping. Especially since Durant hasn't been that great from three, but he's been so good from everywhere else around the court and getting to the line. I honestly have no preference for who gets more shots, finishes more possessions. It doesn't matter to me. <clears throat> it doesn't matter uh, because they're both that good. But with Kevin Durant, you're getting a robotic kind of performance where you can count on him for 20 plus points. And you can probably count on him for 30-plus points. He did average 29 in last year's playoffs. Well, 28.5, but you get what I'm talking about. One thing KD's previous teams couldn't necessarily count on him for is the playmaking for other people and the just stout, stout defense using his length and his body to wall off the basket, whether he's in a low stance or a high stance, just staying between his defender and the basket using his arms to deflect balls, block shots. He had one really great steal in this game where the length of his arms were in full effect. He just reached out with his left arm and deflected James Harden's pass. Klay Thompson picked it up, ended up getting a bucket on the other end. Nice move by Klay Thompson, by the way, gliding through the air and keeping his feet above the ground until after he got the shot off. That was a nice little fast break for the Warriors. But KD has been scoring like this since his second trip to the playoffs, 2010-2011, when he averaged 28.5 points on 20 shots and nearly 10 trips to the line per game. That was seven years ago. And since then, it's been more of the same. In 2012-2013, he averaged nearly 31 points, going to the line more than 10 times a game. He averaged... 44 minutes a game in this playoff run. And the year before, when he went to the finals, lost to LeBron, his usage rate was down at 28.7%. For comparison, it's now at 317 But his true shooting percentage, 63.2 
absolutely egregious, only second in his career to the 68.3 true shooting percentage he shot on his way to finals MVP. Right now, he's shooting at 61%, which is still freaking amazing. One thing quickly I want to talk about before we move on to the next segment is Chris Paul and his increasingly asshole-ish behavior toward, uh, toward the Warriors. And I'm talking about physical behavior. There was one moment when Jordan Bell was out there in the game, and Chris Paul had a good, good box out on Jordan Bell on this rebound. Uh, but Jordan Bell is a taller guy, and so he just jumped straight up in the air, tried to get the ball, and Chris Paul undercut him. Just, like, allowed his body to move backwards and completely undercut Bell. Could have hurt him. I thought that was dirty. I thought it was not cool at all. And I know the Warriors are guilty of having Zaza on our team, so, like... I will address the elephant in the room. Yes, Zaza has done some things that are questionable. He's never hit anybody in the balls. Um, And Chris Paul has done that multiple times. It's been documented. But some of the hits he's given to Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, trying to get them riled up, um, the way that he just walks into people instead of walking around them, um he's just such an asshole and he wasn't good in this game either just five of 16 two of eight from three for 13 points he did have 10 rebounds rebounding the ball very well as a six foot guard but uncalled for behavior you know i think that the refs need to look at chris paul a lot more closely he could have hurt jordan and nobody wants to see that except maybe i don't know maybe chris paul Well, I don't know what that undercut was all about. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk Celtics and Cavaliers. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. We're back. There was a game on Saturday. It featured the Boston Celtics and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And it was a blowout. Not a 41-point blowout, but a nice round 30 for LeBron, who was his normal self, 27, 8, and 12. But some guys showed up. Kyle Korver showed up in a big way. Even had a rare unassisted three-pointer. You know he's got it going when he's making his own moves to get the three open. Though, to be fair, Greg Monroe was, was on him and, and didn't even make a move 
to contest the shot. So some smart basketball from Kyle Korver. J.R. Smith got it going, kept shrugging whenever he would make a three-pointer. I don't know if I find that cute or annoying. The Celtics could only manage 86 points, and the Cavs won every quarter. For the C's, Jason Tatum was like the only guy who really got it going, went to the line eight times. Three other guys in low double figures. As usual, the scoring is spread across the board. Only four shot attempts from Al Horford. You gotta see him be more aggressive. But also, you know, you gotta credit Cleveland for kind of taking him out of the game. He only played 30 minutes. But for the Celtics to have a chance, he's gotta be in the 15 to 20 range uh, as far as scoring the ball. He only had seven points. Uh, That means he needs to shoot the ball more. A good night from Aaron Baines made another three-pointer, one for one. Marcus Smart, 0 for 4. I know Bill Simmons doesn't like that very much. Cringes whenever he sees Marcus Smart. Chuck from three. Excuse me, I was wrong about LeBron's stat line, though. He did have 12 assists, only five rebounds to go with his 27 points. And two steals, two blocks made all three of his three-pointers to boot. Do I expect him to play even better? Yeah, I mean, he's got like four or five 40-point games under his belt this playoffs alone, and you might not be able to account for, to count on Kevin Love, who wasn't even that good, 13 points on four of 12 shooting, but he did have 14 rebounds. You know, you got to see him kind of be a little bit more aggressive But can you count on six people to be in double figures? Four. And then Jordan Clarkson with nine, Larry Nance Jr. with eight, and some very impactful baskets for Larry Nance. Can you count on that in the next game? Or is LeBron going to have to score 45 with a triple-double to make it happen? That's always the question for the Cavs is which team is going to show up and can LeBron kind of coast in, you know, 37 minutes is not necessarily coasting, but only 12 shot attempts. He didn't have to shoot the ball a lot, but he was very good when he did shoot the ball. He did go to the line 10 times. It's where the bulk of his points came from. 27 points on 12 shots. That's uh, that's pretty damn good. And he spread the ball around to the tune of 12 assists, finding people while he was in the air, which he has made into an art form. Truly, because most people, they travel when they get up in the air, you know, or they turn the ball over. Not LeBron, who knows exactly where everyone is on the court at any given time. Finding people across the court while he's in the air. Unbelievable. He also had a fantastic dunk on a breakaway. Not really a breakaway as much as a breakdown of the Celtics defense. He did a dunk, like a real one, like a, I think it was a reverse windmill. Anyway, it was fantastic. But should be a good game tonight for both series. Miles made an interesting point. He said the winner of game four is going to be the winner of the series. I tend to agree, as I predicted the Warriors won game three. Not that my predictions mean much of anything, but I predict that they will win game four as well. We're going to talk about that more tomorrow. My prediction for tonight is that LeBron will score 40 points and the Cavaliers will win. Is that only because that's what I want to happen? Maybe. But also, LeBron. Anyway, 
Enjoy the basketball tonight. I'll catch you tomorrow. Stay thoughtful, Hoops Heads. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.